Hello everyone, I am the TRS-80 sentient computer. Tune into this special episode of Entertainment Landfill to find out what makes Mulberry Bill laugh like this. <laughs> Stay tuned. Shoot the glass. Hello, everyone. It is I, the J-Strom. I'm very excited to bring you a very special show. Catching up with Bill. That's right. It's the day after Christmas, and I thought I might give it a shot. Give Bill a call, and hopefully he answers. And if he does, we have a show. So let's see what happens. All I know is this. Here's the build-up. I'm very excited to talk to Bill. He's a dear friend of mine. We have years of friendship, and I can't wait to speak to him. So guys, this is it. Bill and me catching up. Hope you enjoy it. Hello. Hello, Bill. Hey. Hello. When did it say the last time we talked on Skype was on here? Uh, Jan- January of 2017. 2017. That's like I see, I see a test. Let's see here. Yeah, I just wrote that. <laughs> I know. I mean, oh, hey, it was, hey. Hey, hey. Wow. That was a long freaking time ago yeah ancient you know i just realized i haven't recorded a show with steven in over a year really how is that possible is it the uh the covid or is it like just it was it was serious burnout oh sure i the last big show i did i recorded a ghostbusters 2 show with ken preventure Yes. Because he was trying to convince me that it was indeed a good film. (laughs) (laughs) He never convinced me, by the way. I just said I hated a lot less than I thought I did. But um, I worked really hard on that, you know, adding clips and sound effects and all the stuff I like to do. And, uh, Basically, you know, you've, you've known me for years. You know what happens when I do that is I... Yeah, I, I do. You go down the fucking rabbit hole. I slip into a depression after yeah. I release those. I get what I call is low. I go low. You hit you hit the um, shit. What was that god-awful Alice video game made by, like, um, free McGee. I know that's I know that's a jam band, but it was some some McGee's Alice, and it's the dark version of Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, and that's you hit that you hit that point. You hit that breaking point. Yeah. You enter the cave, and then it's like, <laughs> oh well, now now it's the waiting game. Exactly, and uh, I w- I kind of always say like, if only people would talk to me about it, if they would. Uh, Just tell me, you know, like say, hey, Jason, great job or whatever. But I'm not sure that would even be enough. I think I just I punish myself or something. I don't know what's going on after I finish a show like that, a project. And I think the idea is to keep going do another project. That way you won't have that lull. But then what happens is you burn out where you got nothing left, you know? Yeah, I, I, you know, the the um the self-flagellation is real in any aspect, whether it's uh, podcasting or uh, any any job that requires a certain amount of feedback. I mean, that's really where we are human beings that crave validation. Yeah. And if we put if we put like blood, sweat and tears into something and it goes unnoticed, it's it's a mind fuck you can't you it's very i mean it builds us to stronger beings but also there's a certain point where it's like you know double finger up i'm going home (laughs) yeah bye yeah i've told heather that 
I think the reason I've taken such a long break is because that feeling I get when I, when I do something I'm proud of and release it and it feels, I don't know if it's true, but it feels like nobody gives a shit that lowness, that feeling I, I don't want to feel that anymore. So but do it, you give a shit? I do. Yes, I do well, give a shit. At and, least we have ourselves. Yeah. I'm so proud of myself. I'm so proud of the work or whatever. Exactly. But then you're, you know how, when you get depressed, your brain lies to you though. You know? Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, oh dude, Jesus nobody, Christ. Yes. Yeah. Nobody Welcome cares, to the past man. three years of my life. Yeah. You're, uh, you tell yourself stuff like nobody cares. Nobody yeah. understands. Nobody wants to understand. And you, you're just lying to yourself. It's not true. Heather could tell me for 30 straight minutes how great I am, how talented I am, how what I'm doing is fantastic, how I entertain people. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm not really listening. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, it goes in one ear and out the other because it's it's praise coming from a a a, a comforting uh, you know, some, a regular existence sort of a thing. It's, you know, you have, you have this person that you share your life with, that you see them every day, that no matter how much good you do, there's this, there's this block where any, yeah. any compliment that they give you is going to fall on deaf ears. It's, it's the, you know, it's, the, it's the validation thing. It's the, you know, making an Instagram post or a tweet that gets retweeted by somebody you know, famous that you have no idea who they actually are in your real life, that they could be a, a creepy pedophile. They could <laughs> yes. be, they could be Gary glitter. And we don't know this yet, but it means more to us because it's somebody that we like hold. Kevin Spacey just retweeted. Jason just released the most amazing <laughs> holiday <laughs> special. Yeah. And, and a man that is as universally loved as Kevin Spacey. Hey, Gary I mean, Glitter loved my post. <laughs> Kevin Spacey retweeted the holiday special. <laughs> yeah. And then Harvey Weinstein the shared it. <laughs> like, yeah. holy shit, everybody's going to listen to this thing. And then the very next day it comes out that Kevin Spacey's a creepy rapist. Creepy rapist pedophile, but God, he yeah. loves my podcast. Oh, God, he, he was so good in Baby Driver. Uh, <laughs> or Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson retweets. Yeah. It means so much. And then he calls somebody sugar tits and says that Jews are the reason for all the problems in the world. The very next day. You know, yeah, it's the like... very next day. So then it kind of puts that, that need for validation back into perspective. I was on the front page of iTunes for one day. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Come on. I mean, that's yeah. And I see it like I, I, I see this every day. You know, it's for when I first got to New York, my like safe haven was the Upright Citizens Brigade. Mm, like yeah. I, I knew that that was like that was it. That was like I was stepping into the most rundown piece of shit I've ever been in in my life. If you've ever seen Mike Birbiglia's uh, film shit, I'm blanking on the name right now. Um the one with uh, Keegan Michael Key and uh, all the comedians from like Upright Citizens Brigade. Basically. That's that's where I would go. Don't think twice. It's the improv film. Oh, okay. I had no idea. So that yeah, great movie, incredible movie. Uh, some of the best performers. I think that's you know. So I would just go to I would go to UCB. You know, I'd be like, oh, this is. It was basically like me going to shows that were what we did every Friday night until one in the morning sometimes. Uh, like just kind of like bouncing off of one another, free forming it, figuring out what's going on, seeing where something goes and, you know, really starting to appreciate it. And then, you know, I started following a bunch of these comedians and one that I really kind of latched onto was uh, Connor Ratliff, who every uh, it's like the first weekend of every month he would do the George Lucas talk show with him and uh, Griffin Newman. Yeah. And I just would never miss it, never miss it. And uh, it got to a point where like I would start to talk to him on like Instagram or I would start to talk to him on Twitter and stuff like that. And, you know, I knew that it was like, you know, he was just being nice. But it was like if I got a retweet or a notice, I was like, Ooh! and, you know, it 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 meant a lot in that moment. But then you just kind of realize that, you know, whenever you go to this place, that these are just people. Yes. And they're like struggling. <laughs> and, you know, this entire period of, you know, it's been 
more than a year that any of us have actually been able to go do anything in New York. It's insane. So, you know, when, once COVID hit here, you know, I, I was so sad because I didn't go to the last show of the, you know, it wasn't the George Lucas talk show. It was a one man show, uh, that, uh, Griffin Newman did as Watto. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and I guess Twitter. it was hilarious. I've seen his, I've seen like, his was, costume on on Twitter before. Oh, and I mean, if you're ever curious, now they do. I mean, they do the show on Twitch. Like it's it's kind of amazing. It's not the show it was because they had like two hours and they had to clear the fuck out because there was another show coming on. So it's not you know now it just kind of breathes. It yeah. reminds me of what we used to do with uh, Entertainment Landfill or Nowhere in Mulberry, and that. They just kind of go and go and go. But when when I say go and go and go, they've been doing like 13-hour marathons. Holy shit. To raise money for like this last time they did one for raising money for Feeding America. And they I think they got almost like 50 grand. Uh, but anytime awesome. they'll do like whole entire watch uh, things where they'll sit down and watch uh, like the last one was Studio, the the – the show that Aaron Sorkin did, the Saturday Night Live thing, Studio, Studio 60. Yeah, live on the Sunset Strip. Yeah, and they had, like, guests. Like, Timothy Busfield came in, and, you know, and it's all on Twitch streams, and they're great. Yeah, they uh, do a podcast, too, about movies, I believe. Yeah, and then he did this, but he does this show, Connor Ratliff in particular, called Dead Eyes. And it's this amazing podcast about how he was fired from Band of Brothers by Tom, not even by Tom Hanks, but indirectly because Tom Hanks said he had dead eyes. Oh, my God. So so the entire podcast is about processing like this, like, am I good enough? Oh, wow. And especially in the realm of like UCB, because these are people fighting constantly to be noticed. That's all they need is one person in the audience at one show in New York. And you would think that like in New York, you'd be like, hey, kid, I like what you're doing. Why don't you come down and shoot my movie with me? No, that's not New York. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, and it's just it's a really brilliant show. And that that really kind of like to circle back to the validation thing. That's that's what that is. I I need to realize I'm not alone. Like, dude, everybody goes through this, Jason. It's a it's you're not alone. It's our, you know, it's uh, even today I was kind of like surrounding in, uh, I, I watched the uh, the Midnight Sky, the adaptation of the uh, uh, the book uh, that I have out in the living room. Good night, something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and that's really about like kind of re-identifying that, you know, no man is an island. Right. You know, so... Uh, it's interesting the way that we all kind of process that need to be seen and how it's also really easy not to be, you know, not to appreciate being seen by the people closest to you. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, I know like Adam from the Bay area, Ross, Adam Sexton, Kim Preventure, you know, all these people, they talk to you all the time. They're like, Hey, great show. And you're like, yeah, but I talk to you regularly. I really need to hear from, you know, it's yeah, just I like, want some fresh blood. <laughs> But that's not like, I think what's also the same time, you know, how you feel like shit or whatever. You don't want to talk about it because you're afraid you'll sound like a dick at the same time. Like, oh, look at, look at this guy. He's all wrapped up in his feelings. You know, you know, there's other people out there, you know, so you feel guilty for feeling the way you're feeling. Ah, there's power and vulnerability and it's on other people to sort out their own shit. Let them deal with that. You're allowed to be vulnerable. Yeah. You know, if somebody wants to judge you for being vulnerable, they're not the right person to seek validation from. I remember, like, back in the day, you remember when I would make a post like, hey, guys, we could really use some feedback here. It's really killing us, whatever. My dad would, like, these people don't need to see you like that. They need to just look up to your show and listen. And it's like, Dad, I'm being honest, you know, like... I need somebody to say something. And then I would get embarrassed and I would think about deleting it or whatever. And sure. you know, there were times where I would not post something because I was feeling, because sometimes it leads to anger. Like, Hey, I'm going to c- cuss out everybody on Facebook, <laughs> you know? Oh, I mean, I still do that. 
I mean, I love, I mean, my, my main thing now is kind of, uh, I don't know, trolling, if you will, LinkedIn and like posting things about proper leadership and, uh, various other trolling type things on my LinkedIn page. Cause I know that people higher up in the company always look at my LinkedIn page <laughs> because I, because I bought the premium subscription and I know who clicks on everything I look, I, I post. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like, I, I do that. Sure. And I'll do it on Instagram or I'll bitch or, you know, not so much on Facebook anymore. Or if I do post something on Facebook, I delete it. I can't really deal with Facebook because my family's on Facebook. Yeah. And um, they are just the most, like, if they were bad whenever I was living in Ohio taking care of my dad, they are even worse now because I kind of don't communicate with them. So it's like the other day whenever I posted that uh, I got a tattoo of Temple Grandin, it just like swam around the family almost immediately. Did you hear? Yeah, it's like there was even a. I think some one of my sisters mistakenly sent a a text to the group uh. of my tattoo, and I replied, "You're all." Such a bunch of sad gossips. <laughs> Did, was it like, guys, look at this. Can you believe this? Yeah. And it's like, it's a, it's a person that I have looked up to for years. Like even whenever I was in Ohio and going to school, I went to a conference specifically to meet Temple Grandin. I remember that. Yeah. You posted uh, pictures. Because she's brilliant. Like even in just the idea that, you know, her entire philosophy was that nature's cruel, but we don't have to be. The woman developed a system of properly slaughtering cattle so that they weren't horrified in the last moments of their life to feed the masses. Right. Like, so it's like, it's something that means a lot to me. So I was just like, you know, Natalie gifted me a tattoo to this really wonderful tattoo artist. And, they're famous for a lot of their stuff. And he does these incredible caricatures of like Temple Grandin in this beautiful line work. And I was like, I want that. And I wanted it like a year ago. So I finally got it. And then it just like started swimming around. And I was like, okay, I turn off the Facebook now. I'm just curious. Where did you get it at? I got it like uh, uh, the reverse Popeye. I got it on the inside of my forearm. Okay. So on the anterior of my forearms, because, so, you know, in in med- medical terms, whenever you stand and have your palm facing forward, that is the anterior. So it's there on that, like, clean, almost hairless side. Okay, yeah. So that, like, when I bend my arm or I do anything, I see it. That's awesome. And it's my first tattoo. Yeah. And it didn't hurt that. at all. Yeah, you got it in a good spot. There's some, you know, places I'm sure that are super sensitive that would hurt like hell to get it. Like people on their top of their feet and stuff. No, thank you. I'm yeah. good. I don't think I could ever decide on a tattoo. I would second guess the shit out of it. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, for a very long time, it's like I told Mars, I was like, man, I can't believe that I'm actually doing this. For the longest time, I've wanted a tattoo. And he was like, so, so what have you wanted? And I was like, well, let me see. Uh, the, the, the symbol for Fus Roda from Skyrim. The the, un, the unrelenting <laughs> force, the first the first like chant you learn in Skyrim. Yeah. And he was like, Well that's cool. I mean it, I'm sure that looks cool. And I was like, Yeah, yeah. Uh when I was a teenager I wanted the twelve monkeys barcode on my neck. Probably good idea I didn't get that. Yeah. What about um, the rebel symbol from Star Wars, the rebellion? You know, I do love a good Star Wars tattoo, but it would have to be something obscure. Right. Like something super obscure that only meant something. But then again, that's the thing with tattoos. Everybody looks and then asks what they are. Like I got this tattoo and everybody at work and I work with occupational therapists and they're like, who's that? And I was like, uh, 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 um, Temple Grandin. 
And they're like, oh, who's that? And I was like, I don't have the time or energy to explain it to you. Some people might <laughs> assume it's a relative right away. Like, oh, this is my great grandma. I yes. loved her very much kind of a thing or something. Yes. I love this person so much. I got them, you know, it's so, it's it's interesting for me to actually do that. It just kind of shows down the uh, the the breaking down of my, the barriers I've built so heavily over the past, you know, 20 plus years to finally just kind of relinquish the control of you know, thing. It, it, I don't know why anybody would kind of, well, for me, I don't know why anybody would kind of go through life and be like, well, you know, oh, I'm getting something permanent on my body. And I'm, my first thought is, well, life isn't permanent. Yeah. So why not just do whatever the fuck you want to do at this point uh, uh, within a certain limit? I, would, uh, <laughs> I figured out what I'd get. Okay. On my shoulder, the glaive from Kroll. Fucking A. And on the other shoulder... Like, you know, right on the side, the uh, gun star symbol from the last Starfighter. <laughs> oh, God damn, that's awesome. Wouldn't that be I awesome? think that's brilliant. Sweet. That's brilliant. I was even thinking, like, in, in like, the, I think my next tattoo is going to have to be geeky. Like, yeah. I was thinking, like, I don't think I would want to go into, like, the whole realm of, like, a Pac-Man going after ghosts. Yeah. Like, I think that's overdone. Also, uh, you know, uh, while I... I'm still building another arcade cabinet on top of the one I have in here now of my, my vertical cabinet that I just relentlessly play burger time and have yet to beat my five, <laughs> my 500,000 score. I I think I, I was, you know, I really always loved that, that eight bit do or whatever it was, the print that I bought you one year. Yeah. And I, I was thinking of doing something like that, but maybe with like an actual choice of art. Like I love the style of the the old Nintendo cabinets, like the 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 curves, yeah, like the you know, and all that. Maybe the Donkey Kong, and maybe a um, God. I was really trying to like just sit down and think of the four most influential arcade games for me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all I could think of in the moment was like Donkey Kong, because that was the arcade game that I always got shocked at. Uh, the pool, the outside pool that I would go to as a kid. <laughs> you get electrocuted? I would get electrocuted. Like, <laughs> because there was nothing but water all over a cement floor where these games were. Oh my God. That's such a. And hazard. of course, yeah, they weren't properly grounded. I mean, come on. And every time you put a quarter in, you you would get shocked. Did any kids die at this place? Um, I'm I don't remember, but it's entirely possible it was southwestern Pennsylvania. So if anyone did die, we would know. If someone <laughs> did die, they were from out of town, and it was covered up. Like, hey, where um, the coin ops go? Where's all the video games? Oh, uh, yeah, somebody was electrocuted, and uh, they got rid of them. It's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I. Yeah, it was such a disaster. But yeah, it was that one. It would probably be, um, honestly, one of them would have to be, oh, that super off-road <laughs> game. Okay. What was that? Ivan, the the one with the four steering wheels. It was like Super Sprint, but is with it, like is, off. Is, is it a sit-down game? No, it was a stand-up game. All I can think of is uh, Rally X, where you do the little smoke screen. Off-road. Uh, Ivan Iron Man Stewart Super Off-Road. Wow, I yeah, have I, no recollection I, of this. I played the shit out of that game in, in Giggles Arcade in Washington, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Gotta love that so, game. Yeah, it was it was it's it's super sprint. It just it's all it is. Except it's like four wheel trucks. Oh with I just thought of I just thought of a great tattoo video game all related. Sinistar. Right. Oh shit. Think of that yeah. tat like right on your pectoral. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't scare anyone off. Hey, well, what is that? It's Sinistar. It's covering up a problematic tattoo that I had prior. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's you know I, I I'm becoming a little looser, but also entirely <laughs> introverted. Oh, like yeah. I don't I don't leave my apartment on the weekends. I used to. I think I was a little more excited to, but then, you know, working in healthcare and uh, 
experiencing what I did always in the back of my mind. It's like, I hate to go anywhere because, because I was actually sent home from work one time for 14 days. I, I got it. I spent 14 days in isolation what was in my apartment like? and it was horrifying. I bet. Cause you were wondering, okay, when are the symptoms going to take place? Right. Yeah, they never did. I was completely asymptomatic for the entire time, but my neuroses was in full effect. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, that's what I was think- talking about, like uh, people who go to the movie theater, like oh, I'm wearing a mask. It's like that. I will, All I'd be thinking the entire time is, is like, OK, when am I getting it? Because I'm going to get it. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's a point. OK, so this is something that I've talked with people about the mask thing while very important we should wear masks it's also theater it's not entirely a um you know you get into the science of the way the virus is transmitted how small it is right it's not foolproof uh, it's just like something that might help a little exactly uh, and i mean i never leave the house without a mask i don't leave my apartment without a mask uh it oh, makes yeah. me feel better and it makes everyone else feel better. The last thing you want to do is leave the house and then have people look at you like, why the hell does this person not wearing a mask? It's so irresponsible. You're a I, dick. I drive in my car with a mask. If I go through a drive through I wear a mask. I wear a mask to do everything. <laughs> Seriously. Honestly, the only time I don't wear a mask is whenever somebody's delivering groceries or food to my door because they're already wearing one. Uh, there's really no reason for me because I'm just grabbing stuff through the door or I have them leave it at the door. That's the great thing about New York, but also the worst thing. It's impossible. It's nearly impossible to go out and grocery show up yourself. There's no stores like we had in the Midwest that you could just like drive there, park there, get what you need and go in the five boroughs. It's just not a, it, that's not a thing. Uh, if you do go grocery shopping, you're going to have to take a car uh, the grocery stores aren't as big. They aren't as well stocked. Um, so you need to order groceries. So I'll use like Instacart or Amazon has uh, Amazon Fresh or yeah. Amazon Whole Foods. Yeah, Heather keeps wanting me to use that. I haven't yet. I've done uh, the... it's, it's not bad, but the selection can be limited. Yeah, I've done the Target. Uh, you place the order and then they tell you in a couple hours, okay, come and get it. And you drive up and then they put oh. it in your car. Yeah, I use the Target app at least once a week, and they just deliver it. Nice. Like that's yeah, they just bring it straight to my door in those beautiful like Target bags. Yeah, because we're not allowed to have we're not allowed to have uh, plastic bags in New York anymore. Oh, so yeah, that's a that's not a thing. Like plastic bags, plastic bags, and 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 like big gulps apparently are the <laughs> bane of of New York's existence. It's bad. The least of our problems, uh, plastic bags. And because I I tell you what, you know, it's uh, every year when it gets about this time, when it drops below 32 degrees and things start freezing, uh, it turns into an ice rink of garbage. Oh, yeah. So it's like every every corner, you know, when you think it's the most wonderful time of the year, it's like, no, it's it's just the time of the year when the garbage doesn't stink because it's frozen. Wow. (laughs) that's kind of yeah but it's still there's still plastic bags everywhere i don't know i don't know what they're thinking or how they think any of this is actually going to work but but they bring target brings them in those beautiful i even have one hanging on my door right here those reusable bags that's like this like neon orange target symbol and uh says use it and reuse it (laughs) thanks thanks for shaming me into not (laughs) into using a reusable back target but yeah i used them like i'd use them today i needed some clorox and uh i just would go on there the only problem is that you have to either buy a membership Mm. or each time you do it it's 9.99 so i've strategically uh, developed a system where I buy things that I need that eliminate the nine ninety nine delivery fee. Oh, that's smart. That's m- really my only option at this point <laughs> because I'm not buying. I'm not paying monthly to have shit delivered to my door. Yeah, that's smart. 
Hey, it's me, the TRS-80 again to inform you that it's time to take a break. We'll be right back after these promos for Podcast Syndicate. Check out these amazing shows to be entertained and stay tuned to find out the answer to this question. Did you see the Die Hard Battery commercial with Bruce Willis? (sighs) All of that and more, right after these messages. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just in, that's the third time though. I mean, am I, is this on? You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. So come and share the victory. If you could f*** any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. So he wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody... <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep a secret. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome to Film Bastards, a podcast where three friends, two of them married and two of them podcasting life partners, chat everything from new releases, trailers, news, and an eclectic mix of other film goodies over many, many, many tangents. You can find them by searching your podcast provider, or check them out on Twitter and Instagram by searching Film Bastards. You never know, you might like it, and if you don't, well, we don't really give a f***. Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four and five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one is a cold, dead heart? Yeah, the Dark Knight has got like, all the orphans and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, it's like, kill them. Then look no further. The His Film, Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back from the break. I hope that you had a hell of a piss, Arnold. Now, you've gotten the vaccine, round one of the vaccine. You've received it. I have. You even, uh, on Facebook, I saw the needle going in, which I found disturbing because I don't like needles. (laughs) I'm sorry. I should have posted a trigger warning. (laughs) No, it's okay. Um, I was just like, ugh. I just thought it was the most, you know, appropriate way to show it, that it's not a big deal. It'll go right in. They push it in. It goes into your your muscle, and then everything is really terrible for the next three days, <laughs> at least for me. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Because I had to work. Like, they were like, oh, yeah, we're totally going to give you the vaccine the first stage on the 23rd. And I was like, okay. Uh, and then it was like, I still have to work on the 24th and 25th. But all right. And then like I went to work Christmas Eve and I just felt like shit all day long. And I was like I was running into my coworkers because we don't have a central for a year now. We don't we can't treat anyone in the gym that we that occupational therapy uses. So we have to go up to the floor and treat in room or on unit like in room or in the hallway. So I'm like running into my my coworkers. And I have this one who I call the Polish sniper, Andrzej, uh, because he basically looks like a character out of Die Hard. Um, <laughs> he's the, you know, he, it's like he has the long blonde hair and the ponytail, and he's Polish. And whenever I go in at night into the into the PT gym to like hand something off to one of my PT coworkers, he's over in the corner doing yoga. 
And then during Christmas parties, he plays Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I, call, I call him Polish diaper. Anche, we love him. Did, um, he's not offended by this, right? <laughs> uh, no, absolutely not. He, he, I don't even think he gets what I'm saying. It's fine. He's hysterical, though. And he, uh, he was like, man, Will, are, are, you know, are you feeling all right? And I was like, no, I feel like shit, man. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. Oh, oh. And it's just like all of us were on Thursday, all of us that got it. And we didn't even think to like stagger it. We just all got probably, it at the same time. Yeah. Well, most of us, except for the handful of us that think there's a microchip in it or that, that it'll increase our chances of getting HIV or getting a false positive on HIV. Where does that come from? I haven't heard that one. Uh, So what if you get the microchip and HIV at the same time? (laughs) Well, then they can track you and help you. Yeah. I try to give you the cocktail, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so I guess this is kind of what we've been dealing with here in the city. Um, you know, like there's, I guess the university of Queensland was developing a vaccine and there's two different vaccines. The Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are MRNA vaccines. They're messenger RNA vaccines. They send this, this RNA covered in layers of fat into your system. And then, and that's because your body will start breaking it down the moment it gets in there and it needs it to buffer it. So it goes in, it sends a new encoded message into our RNA that says, hey, if you see this, start developing this, the antibodies. Uh, And so that's an mRNA vaccine. Well, the University of Queensland was working on a viral vector vaccine, which is very similar to like a a flu vaccine. And the vector that they used, this 85 vector had something to do with giving a false positive for HIV. The moment that happened, they shut it down. Orders were canceled. It would have never left the building. They were done. That was it. Yeah. But because of like the clickbait mentality of people and the sensationalized quality or people that want to feel like they know more than somebody else, they're like, no, no, I don't want to – and so they were like, yeah, I can get a false HIV. I was like, so it's false. But also it doesn't matter because the vaccine is never going to see the light of day. So shut up. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And then the other, you know, some of the other ones, which are viral vector vaccines, like the University of Oxford, AstraZeneca one, there's questions about it. Of course, any viral vaccine is going to um, – Increase your chance of infection while uh, your body's creating the killer T cells. You know, it, it it's no different than some people get they feel shitty after a flu shot or they're, yeah. you know, they always say, you know, take this over the weekend so that you don't go out. It's going to give it's going to increase your chance of infection. But of course, people are just like, oh, increase your chance of infection. Let's think of the biggest virus that we can possibly think of. What um, HIV? Yes, that's it. Let's put it in the headline. People click on that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of what everyone's dealing with right now. Sure, the mRNA vaccine is scary. This is unproven. We never had to use it before. It was developed for H1N1. That resolved itself. This is the first time we've actually had to use technology that we've never had to use before. How do you it's, feel mentally? Are you? Do you feel like, I'm good now? Or I, I, you kind of I feel shitty, but also I just took a vaccine for a killer virus. Yeah. You know, so... I, I wouldn't expect to not feel somewhat shitty. Yeah. And they said, I mean, that's why we had to stay in the room for, after we got it, we went in a room for an hour and we were observed by our assistant director of nursing. We couldn't leave the room for an hour. And after an hour, they checked our vitals four times every 15 minutes, asked us what was going on and we were fine. And we left. And then it was about midday whenever we started experiencing things. Uh, but it was, you know, mild. It wasn't like something that's going to take any of us out of it. Some of us, my, some of my coworkers still have a headache. I know I have a mild headache, 
but that's also because I have TMJ because for the past year I've been clenching my jaw in my sleep. Oh, you know what? I have a major jaw problem now. When I eat, my jaw pops all the time. Yep. yep. I think. And does it feel like you can't get a full squeeze in I, your mouth, like whenever you're chewing? I'm just like, dude, what the hell? Like, I'm just, yeah. I don't know. It's weird, but. I have been taking melatonin every night since this shit started because I will just lay in bed and stare at the ceiling worrying about shit if I don't. Yeah. I mean, I have, um, I, I mean, all, quite honestly, I, I drink more than I ever have. I've tried more things to try to calm my mind than yeah. I ever have before. It, it's a new existence that none of us were prepared for. Yeah. And being slammed by it and seeing it like right up close in the most vulnerable population, it, I mean, it broke me. Like, you know, I, I, I was already pretty cracked, <laughs> but, I can uh, imagine. but that just, um, I was too much, you know, and you always, you want to go, well, why wasn't this done? Or why wasn't that done? And you want to get angry at something. There's yeah. nothing to be angry at a about because we 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 didn't know it would hit us as fast as it did that's our existence now just getting angry about shit like every day there'll be times heather and i will not understand why we're arguing about something and we're like i think it's because we're around each other 24 hours a day (laughs) absolutely yeah but it's just like everything's amplified because of the way we live now you know yeah I mean, everybody's on edge. I mean, at work, the littlest things can set people off. And it's so funny that, you know, we're in a healthcare setting and yet every day I go into work and I feel like I'm looking over my shoulder. At this point, it's like the rehab division can't do anything without giving an in-service to nursing or nursing can, you know, it's just like everybody's looking for either a way out or a person to blame. Mm. Like, well, that's not my job. We're in an interdisciplinary healthcare setting. In fact, not to like puff my chest out, but I just got a degree in interdisciplinary healthcare studies and you're an asshole. Like it's <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, it, everybody, everybody is on edge. Do you know it's just what it is on Facebook or any family members that are deniers or anything like that? Uh, any family members that are deniers are not, uh, currently friends with me on Facebook. Oh, that's good. Um, that's good. I think I kind of eliminated, eliminated them very early on just because I knew, like, I mean, come on, when I left Ohio, that was just when Trump got elected. Mm, yeah. And I kind of saw the true colors from the people I went to school with that came in the next day after the election with the Trump is my president t-shirt or, I started to very I started to curate who I had. Yeah. So uh, no, I've I have not run into that. Thank God. And you know, I'm sure my dad would have been one of them. So <laughs> it's not even. Yeah, it's I'm I'm sure he would have been. Uh, just because people are desperate, just like you know, just like some of us are desperate for validation. Mm-hmm. Some people are desperate to subscribe to an idea that there is an unseen, you know, evil in the world or, you know, that, uh, something is, something is amiss. You know, it's the, it's, uh, it, I, I think the way I describe it is there's people who live in a false reality. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, honestly, that is, it, it's, it's true. Or they choose to live in a false reality because they're uncomfortable to recognize, you know, what their issues are. Right. Uh, you know, that's what conspiracy theories are. I mean, my, I grew up on conspiracy theories. And it's funny that, you know, my dad's favorite film was Oliver Stone's JFK. So, oh my it's, God. Like, <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's like, okay, I've, I'm kind of good with this. I know what's going on. I know this, this route. Okay. So something really shitty happened. There's gotta be a bigger reason for it. Yeah. Uh, it's always like that news, that news source you've got. That's not the real one. I've I've got the real news. Listen, I listen to Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I know what's really going on. Hey, have you heard the most recent Joe Rogan experience? No. 
No, I'm just saying that's what it is. Because he's an asshole. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's... And I think that, you know, whenever we're in this situation where everybody's on edge and they want to prescribe or subscribe to something that's, you know, makes them feel better about themselves. Oh, you know, I'm not going to get this vaccine because there's a microchip in it. Uh, Is it like a nanobot? Apparently fucking nanobots are floating around in in the vaccine. (sighs) That's Uh, which is great because then technically we're all, you know, Jake 2.0. We're now cyborgs with superpowers. The funniest description I saw somebody describe the Joe Rogan podcast is dudes getting high and be like, dude, my brain like thinks stuff. (laughs) Okay. So just in that moment, it makes me think of a time. So I'm on the Q train and I don't know if I was coming from work. Yeah, I was coming from work. And there are these teenagers who weren't high. Sadly, if they were high, I would totally have been down with this conversation. I'm sitting there and they're going, dude, is water actually wet or is it wet because it feels wet to us? <laughs> what? And, yeah, no. Yes. I mean, can we just try to analyze that dude. logic? Uh, te- I wanted to be like technically water is, you know, a liquid. So, in fact, yes, it is wet. Um, and yes, it does feel wet because it is wet. So can we, <laughs> but is um, it though? But yeah, exactly. It was Bill and Ted. You know, that's people. They everybody's looking for something, dude. Dude. Yeah, when sentences begin with "dude," <laughs> <laughs> dude, sweet, dude. What if dude. this is like all a simulation, man? <laughs> Which I'm totally looking forward to the new Matrix. Yeah, if this is a simulation, are we paying a monthly fee, or is it just a free open world? Or oh, this is definitely not open world. Yeah, this is. Uh, we're definitely in like the 13th floor where we're gonna like try to drive out and then hit like a wall of green grid. So you know, <laughs> like when you're like sleeping, that's a loading screen, man. You're downloading tomorrow. <laughs> I'm convinced that we're in Stephen King's version of Under the Dome. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear about, I haven't watched the new stand, but did you hear about what they did with it? No. They made it where they're already in Boulder, Colorado, and it's done in flashbacks how it all started. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Okay. You listen, I can't do anything Stephen King if it's not directed by Mike Flanagan. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, I know. He's, he's great, isn't he? Doctor Sleep, the director's cut, was the best movie oh, of God. that year. I haven't seen the director's cut yet, but it's on HBO Max. I need to watch it. I is the director's the... cut on HBO Max? I believe so. If it's not, the director's cut is on Vudu. Totally worth it. Director's cut. Holy shit. I love the like, theatrical version. So I'll no, watch the, the director's, director's cut. cut. Well, I can't wait to hear you talk about seeing it because when i i didn't even watch the theatrical cut until after i watched the director's cut and this is i I was totally turned off by that first movie trailer because i was like oh what are they doing bringing the shining in here the move the the movie clips or whatever i didn't realize that they refilmed everything i thought they were showing stanley kubrick's the shining well i thought it was brilliant how he tied the essence of the book, this like allegory for dependency and alcoholism yeah, back definitely. into the main story. I thought everything about it was so well done and so well thought out. It didn't feel like anything was a clumsy decision, you know? No. And I was so far off base with that first trailer, just like turned off by it. Like, Oh, what is this shit? And then I watched maybe I was like, Oh, well I was completely wrong. And I think Shawnee Yoka made that trailer. Oh, really? <laughs> no. I'm gonna I'm t- just, did you do I'm that just... trailer? <laughs> Sean! <laughs> it's a great trailer. I it, Oh, yeah, totally. Hey, I let me, can I ask you a Die Hard question? Yeah. Because I watched Die Hard last night, in fact. It was on HBO. Yes. And I was talking with an old friend who was talking about Die Hard. Hey, you watch Die Hard every year? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, there's just this one part that drives me nuts. And I was like, oh, okay, what's that? And he goes, well, you know the part where Hans tells Carl, he goes, 
she's some finsta carl and carl like looks at him like huh he's like she's some finsta and he goes shoot the glass and i was like yeah yeah i know that scene he goes that just drives me nuts and i was like why well why doesn't carl understand him it's german he should have understood him the first time it it really just pulls me out of the movie and it drives me nuts and i was like i have never thought these thoughts before (laughs) and i said here's what i said i said it's not that carl can't understand german that's being said to him it's because he's saying it quietly he's saying she's some finsta carl and there's gunfire going on carl's looking at him like dude i can't effing hear you man and he's like she's some finsta and he's like i can't hear you and then finally he gets fed up and he goes carl shoot the glass he says it out loud because at first he's trying to be sneaky so john mcclain doesn't know what they're going to do but then he's like what does it matter just shoot the glass you know what do you think? Uh, I think um, what he says means shoot the windows. Right. And what he didn't actually understand was that he needed him to shoot the glass, the interior glass panels. He didn't understand. Carl didn't understand. He was like, why would I shoot the fucking windows out? Right. And Hans didn't have the the way of saying shoot the internal windows in German. So he oh. said shoot the windows. You don't think it's what I think is that he just can't hear him? Maybe. Maybe he's deaf. <laughs> I think it's weird that that would pull you out of the movie though, don't you? Well, here's the thing is that, um I have a, a a German friend that we actually talked about that. Oh wow. Yeah, I think and maybe when you've seen a movie a hundred times, stuff like this happens. We were we were actually yeah, it was like at a German beer garden, and they had it on, and he's like, "There was like choice off the fenster, you know, yeah. whatever it is, is shoot the glass or shoot the windows, not, and it's that's not correct, and I can't remember exactly how they said it should have been said, but it was like that's why, yeah." And then I immediately went home and and Googled it and they were correct. Yeah. I just, I've never heard that, that, that bothered people before. It was like, it was something like dust glass was what he should have said. Like, uh, like she, 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 I've always just said it the way it glass. When you see German spelled out, you're like, Whoa, how do you get that from this? (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like he's saying she's some Finsta, like just something really fast. Yeah. And but if you rewatch the scene, Hans is saying it very quietly. He's saying she's yes. some finsta. He's sure. like whispering it to him, like, "Hey, I don't want John McClane to hear this because I want to pull one over on him." But then he gets fed up and just says it out loud. Um, I think this is what happens when you see a movie over a hundred times, and you're just like, you know, this part has always bothered me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't have any problems with it. Yeah, I mean, I still I, don't. I have more problems with the. Ha 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 scene at the end where he pulls a Jedi mind trick and Hans and Huey Lewis start laughing too. That's the weirdest scene. It doesn't make any sense, but okay. No, there's, I mean, but it's at this point, I was just kind of like, all right. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it's diehard. I love this. Good. I mean, that's like saying, you know, uh, complaining about gremlins. You know, I was (laughs) was watching that the other night because I bought it in 4k Nice. I was like, wow, the, they really held on to the shitty film grain in this. Oh. And yeah, I was just like throughout the entire thing. I was like, why the, f- why, why, why would he do it? Why would she do that? Why would uh, threatening the poor Barney? Really? Oh. Why would she, you know, just, you know, it just. I thought you were going to say what I've heard other people say, which is ridiculous. Like it's after midnight anywhere in the world. So. Yeah, true. I- that true. Yeah. But it's just like, I, well, it's there. It's in their time zone, okay? Or that Mr. Time. Futterman was definitely a Trump supporter. Oh, big time. <laughs> <laughs> he was. That dude, that dude had a Trump 2020 in his yard. Can you believe the size of the Trump flag he would have on his lawn? Oh, God. He would, he would have so one of those big. banners like the assholes in Ohio did. She's some Finsta. <laughs> Man, this has been so much fun talking to you. <laughs> you too it's like old times it now, reminds real... me of how much i actually do need to do this more often oh totally <sighs> god i was telling heather like 
the fact that I'm I'm denying myself the one thing that gave me happiness every week is ridiculous. But at the same time, I've told myself that it's actually helping me not doing it because it keeps me from feeling bad, even though I feel bad and it's what helped me from feeling bad. You know what I mean? It's sure. Just, it's it's a catch it's kind of a catch twenty two situation where it's like you're deriving equal amounts of joy and displeasure from it. So it's like the yin and yang of uh trying to find the balance. Yeah. You know, realizing that it actually helps, but also realizing that it you know, it only helps so much. I've been listening so, to a lot of other podcasts for inspiration. I can't listen to anything without me thinking, oh, I could do something like this. You know what I mean? You know? But I mean, that's the nature of the creative process. Yeah. You know, that's, um, I mean, I do the same thing in my own work. Like I, you know, I'll follow people on Instagram that are also in occupational therapy and be like, oh, I can totally use that. It's, it's inspirational. It's, it's fun. And it also kind of get, it feeds that need. It's no, it's no different than anybody wanting to, like further their education so that they have a, a higher grasp on something, you know, and it's podcasting is, it's so, um, it, especially now, yeah, just like within this past year, it has exploded. And not only has it exploded in a way that, you know, very early on when we started it, we had this entire thing of like, like almost 10 years ago, we talked about how cool it would be if we could just like stream, not only the, the show live, which we started doing on our own freaking Winamp server. Yeah. I mean, for crying out loud, we had a Winamp server. Yeah. Who was, nobody was doing that shit. <laughs> so we were doing that. And then we were like, well, wouldn't it be cool if we could like video stream it? Like we could set up like our own little studios. Yeah. And then like a year or two later, everybody was doing it. Everyone does that now. Every YouTube yeah. channel, somebody has it in the room. And they're talking yeah. in front of a tchotchke shelf full of collectibles about. Yeah, I, you know what? I would just like right now, if I turn my camera on, you would see my vacuum and you, <laughs> and you would see a, a jade plant. So there you go. Real life. I'm all about the real life. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have my signed poster of Danny Boyle's sunshine uh, or, you know, my, my, oh, I would have my Tron poster. You've seen that thing, right? Yeah. I got it. I got it at Comic Con now, two years ago. Now you can do the uh, fake background, like on Zoom or whatever. Oh, that always looks so bad, though. Yeah. There was a guy who had a white background. They had him on the news talking about something. And I said, it looks like he's laying in a bathtub of milk. <laughs> yeah, that's really creepy. It is. It looks like. And if he wore all white, it would be a disembodied head. Did you see the Die Hard battery commercial with Bruce Willis? <sighs> I started to, and then I just couldn't. Did it look like he wanted to be there? No, he didn't want to be. In, I, okay, let me just let's circle back to Bruce Willis and his endless misery. <laughs> um, <laughs> two years ago, I said I was sitting down with Natalie. And they were like, hey, you know, I've never seen Unfor or Un Unforgiven, Unbreakable. I'm sure they mm. haven't seen Unforgiven, too. But uh, I've never seen Unbreakable. And I was like, well, <laughs> oh, let me just show you what M. Night Shammy Lammy can do. <laughs> and well, and uh, we watched Unbreakable. And then I was like, well, wait, guess what? What? There's another movie. Really? Yeah. Split. All right. Let's watch it. Eh. It's all right. It's a little ableist, but it's fine. James McAvoy, he's always good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that, but that's the one where he can morph his body or something. Uh, that and also he has uh, multiple personality disorder right. it's okay. a little it's it's kind of problematic um and then there's glass and then there's glass which jesus christ did bruce willis want to be there in that movie <laughs> no no 
I don't think Bruce Willis was actually in that movie. I think that was the magic of late era Star Wars <laughs> because <laughs> he had as much emotional inflection in his face yeah. as Leia did at the end of Rogue One. <laughs> he doesn't I mean, act anymore. No. He is such a miserable human being. He just Trump supporter. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I don't and I don't use that lightly. You know for a fact that Bruce Willis like just put so much money in the coffers of the Trump campaign. <laughs> That's why he's doing so many straight to video, straight to VOD movies. That's the only thing he could do. I think one of my favorite activities to do on a night after a long day at work is firing up voodoo and seeing what's new. And like, they're like, Oh, only in theaters. And it's always like this garbage. Bruce Willis like, in hard kill. Uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Atkins, whatever the fuck the guy's name is. Oh yeah, yeah. Scott Atkins, like you know, it's so, and it's like co-starring John Travolta. So, <laughs> yeah. of course, all right, of course. I think the biggest. I mean, I don't know how Tom Cruise escaped this. The only way Tom Cruise escaped this is that one, he made a deal with the devil to Crossroads to do yeah. just good movies. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, no matter what, I mean, that, I mean, people get upset about Mel Gibson being a misogynist bigot, but Tom Cruise is actually complicit, actively complicit in other people's deaths through Scientology. He's and he's a great actor. And he's a great actor. <laughs> yeah, he gets away with it. Man, he's, he's awesome. He gets away. Mel Gibson's stuck doing fucking, you know, uh, bad cop remakes. Uh, you know, oh, he was in what that. The, uh, the hell? He's Will, doing movies with Vince Vaughn. He did a movie with Will Ferrell where he was his dad. Oh God! So I mean, this is what, or, or you know, get the Gringo, which wasn't terrible. I oh, that was like a long Gringo. time ago. Yeah, but I mean, now it's like just fire up Voodoo, and he's in some stupid shit on there now with Sean Penn. That I, I remember my friend Mike, who's the world's biggest movie geek, and I love dearly went to like the IFC center to see the one showing of this movie that he did with Sean Penn. Like they only, they only showed it once they had a print of it and they showed it once. So yeah, I mean, that's what Mel Gibson does now, but Tom Cruise is doing, I mean, he's shooting a mission impossible movie right now in which he, read the riot act to people for exposing themselves, possibly exposing themselves to the COVID virus. One, why are you shooting a movie in London? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like the hotbed. That's the new ground zero. It, you know, a year ago it was where I am. Now it's there. Why, why don't you just pick up and move somewhere else? And two, wh what? Has nobody sat down and watched the Leah Remini series on Netflix lately? Because I started watching that shit, and it's horrifying. Yeah. So, I, yet Tom Cruise, you know, he's fine. He's fine. Perfectly fine. Everybody's fine. He's making million, hundreds of millions of dollars. Yet you have, you have freaking uh, Mel Gibson and John Travolta and Bruce Willis doing... I can't. I would love to see how much they get paid for this shit. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's like a million dollars a movie or something like that. Do you remember when I was in Ohio and Bruce Willis was shooting a movie in Granville with Hayden Christensen? I think so. Was that one of those VOD movies? Yeah, it was one of those VOD movies. Because who the fuck wants to watch a movie with Bruce Willis and Christian Haydenson? You never know, man. It could be good. <laughs> there's, no, there's no audience for that. Past the people that actually still go to the one blockbuster video. You no, want to take it from me? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the fact that everybody got so excited that Hayden Christensen's coming back from Obi-Wan. Yeah, he's going to be wearing a Darth Vader helmet. Thank God. Maybe uh, they'll do flashbacks. You know what? That's great. He deserves it. But also the, the best meme on the internet is the series of uh, 
tweets or 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 headline stories of Hayden or of uh, Ewan McGregor talking about how much he fucking hates Star Wars to how much he now loves Star Wars post expensive divorce. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'd heard that that whole quote was about signature people, people wanting to get his uh, signature, pretending to be Star Wars fans and then selling it for a lot of money or something. I'm sure, but still it's hilarious. It is funny. That's it for part one of Shoot the Glass. Tune into part two to hear the subject of this particular question. That final episode, did you know that was going to happen? or would you- No! Neither did I. I had no freaking idea. I don't... The fact that that stayed off of social media is mind-blowing to me. All of that and more in episode two of Shoot the Glass. See you next time. Shoot the glass. Now this is podcasting. Casting.